0: All right, uh, lift off, and the clock has started.
1: We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard.
2: Captain uh, Tanquari Base here. The Eagle has landed.
1: Discovery, go at throttle up. And lift off. The final lift off of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream.
0: This is The Space Shot, episode 375, Where Did Summer Go? I'm John Muldnicks. I'm sharing the latest episode of the Cosmosphere podcast for today's show. It's been incredibly busy on my end, and I obviously haven't had a chance to record podcasts as much as I've hoped. This episode is coming out way later, so I apologize for those of you that have been tuning in expecting a more regular show frequency. I will be getting back on track here now that fall is coming up, and I'm going to have some more days inside where I can get some writing and podcasting done. I also have some really cool opportunities coming up this fall related to some space history, so I'll be sharing those adventures as they come. Since we spoke last, there's been everything from BFR updates to some rocket launches and Blue Origin being selected as the engine for the United Launch Alliance's Vulcan rocket. As evidenced by Mr. Tim being pitiful here, he's not used to me recording lately. I am going to get back to regularly scheduled shows and we will be catching up on all of that news as soon as I get the chance. For now, enjoy the latest episode of the Cosmosphere Podcast and have a great week. Welcome to the Cosmosphere Podcast. The Moker gets a lift on the Super Guppy. I'm your host, John Mulnix, and I'm a volunteer here at the Cosmosphere. You can catch me on this podcast and on my other show, The Space Shot. In this episode, we talk with Shannon, Jack, and Carla at the Cosmosphere, This is a cool episode because this year marks the beginning of the 50th anniversary celebrations we're going to be seeing for the Apollo program. So we've got some content related to this, as well as some news at the Cosmosphere. Let's jump right in with Jack to get an update on the Moker consoles and chat a little bit about the process of restoration. So today I'm actually here in Spaceworks. We are in, what do you guys call this, the high bay facility? The north building. The north building, okay. So it might be a little bit echoey. So apologies for the audio, but this is a pretty cool place to record. Uh, we've got Jack Grayberg in on the podcast to give us an update on what's been happening with the Moker consoles since we since we spoke last. Jack, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having us, man. This is great. It's fun to have it be on the show. I, I'm glad to be here and glad to have you
0: on the podcast. So tell me a little bit about what's been going on since we spoke last. There's been some progress.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of progress, a lot of work. We um, we're done with the cleaning process of the consoles, um, and and uh, got that product um, process all done. We're now moving into the exciting phase uh, that everybody sees, where stuff lights up and changes. So uh, it's kind of like building a house. The framework and stuff's all done. Now we're into the finish work. So nice. um, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, just from when I saw them back in January to now, there's it's an incredible transformation, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it goes quick, and so, um, you know, it you start off and see the long road ahead, and you start to see some daylight now at the end of the tunnel. It's really exciting.
0: So last time we, we spoke, there was a Popsicle stick that was the uh, the fun little unexpected find. Has there been anything else? I mean, one thing we were talking about, and I'll be showing this on the video, is this cool little display and how it worked, but what what's something else that has stuck out to you over the last month?
1: You know, for the most part now, um, there really haven't been a whole lot of surprises, Um, there's just been some neat uh, discoveries like the display units, like the channel display indicators, um, like some of the message display indicators of how that technology was back then, um, how simplistic but rigid you know i mean it was built to work and um you know it's very simple and so there really haven't been any surprises kind of like the popsicle stick it's just been um neat to see um the changes of technology from the 1960s you know to where we're at now and you know uh, people always talk about you know the greatest generation you know they saw from the horse to landing on the moon and yet sometimes I think we too see some huge differences. It's just in a different way. Um, You know, you go from uh, the P tube stations, which will be taken back uh, where they, you know, it was pneumatic air system where you wrote a message and stuck it in and sent it through a tube to where, you know, now um, you get on a device in your pocket and you can video chat with somebody across the world, you know, instantly. So, uh, there have been, a, and so it, it's been neat to think about that as we work on these things, um, not just with NASA's progression, but with our progression yeah. through technology.
0: Well, just how things that were manufactured back then.
1: Yes. Versus, to, I
0: mean, there, there's a lot of similar processes, but just going from, I mean, the bundles of wire here, this is radio, so you can't see it, but just bundles of wire that can be replaced with one little cable mount.
1: Right. Right, That's yeah. Incredible. And, you know, even uh, the power consumption, you know, one of the things we're doing, um, we're replacing all the incandescents with LEDs, you yeah. know, and so in some, in just one little in display indicator, we may be dropping, you know, two, three amps worth of power and actually lighting more. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just amazing. And they have, you know, like you say, you're, you know, guys can't see it but they have these massive power supplies that were that controlled these things that weigh just a ton you know and now we're down to something you know smaller than a loaf of bread and has twice as much power it's just yeah it's really (laughs) been that's been awesome for me as a technology standpoint to see that to see those differences it's just it's cool yeah for sure well, and the news that we just got cleared about to talk about today yeah. is how
0: the consoles are going to be transported back to Houston. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so this is really cool. So a little while back, uh, uh, Johnson Space Center contacted us and said, hey, we have a you know an idea. What do you think about this? What about if we fly the Super Guppy into Wichita and pick up the first round? And all of us are like... What's well, the super guppy? You know, we knew it was a plane, but you don't, you know. And for all those listening, Google it and get a picture of it because you're gonna be like, how does that thing fly? It is a weirdest looking plane. So yeah, what they're gonna do is in November, um, they're gonna fly the super guppy um, into Wichita, and we're gonna take the first round of these ten consoles. We're gonna load them up. Now on the super guppy they're gonna fly them then um into um uh, houston unload them then we'll transport them back to jsc uh, on a truck like we would but uh, yeah for the first round we're gonna fly them on a super guppy it's
0: really cool (laughs) that does sound pretty awesome i'm gonna try to get out here for that oh yeah please do you bet well jack i i'm gonna let you get back to work here because we caught you in the middle of a work day so Uh, i appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat
1: with us you bet i appreciate it very much welcome anytime. It was great to see
0: the consoles in person and even cooler to record that segment at Spaceworks. I'll be linking to some pictures and some video in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Now let's catch up with Carla to find out what's up at the Cosmosphere this fall. So today I'm talking with Carla Stanfield. She's on the podcast again to let us know what's up at the Cosmosphere. Carla, it's good to have you back.
3: Thanks for having me again, John. Glad you keep asking me back.
0: (laughs) Definitely. We'll we'll always have you here. Carla, you know, we've got fall coming up here. It's already Mm -hmm. fall here. And that means there's probably some different stuff going on at the Cosmosphere in October. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: I sure can. We've got, well, some exciting new programming coming out um, to match up with the Girl Scouts who have released some new STEM badges. We are offering some new programming for our scouting program. So that happens. Actually, it's already started. So the best way to see what programs we offer and how they align with those badges is through our website. And there's a link specifically for Scouts. So I would encourage folks to look at that. And we also have some new memberships for our scouts, which is kind of a side note, but our scout leaders can sign up for only $20 a year and receive some benefits for discounts in our gift shop, discounts on camps. Um, They get priority access to some of our special events and other benefits. Those again are all listed on our website under get involved memberships.
0: Perfect. I'll be sure to uh, make sure all of those links are in the show notes. And you know, one other thing that's coming up, it's a very big event is this December. Can you talk a little bit about what's going to be going on for the gala um, at the beginning of December?
3: Absolutely. So we are getting really excited around here (laughs) here. uh, because our guest list is getting um, pretty notable. So We are having an event on the 1st, December 1st, called Earth Rising, and it'll be a celebration of the Apollo 8 mission specifically. Okay. Um, We will have astronauts and mission control from the mission uh, 8, but we'll also have other Apollo astronauts joining us and additional NASA VIPs. So right now, our astronauts that are included in the event are Jim Lovell, Walt Cunningham, Charlie Duke, Fred Hayes, Harrison Schmidt, and we just received word last week that Jack Lausma is added to that list. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, so we have, like I said, some pretty big names as far as the astronauts are concerned. And then for mission control, we have Arnold Aldrich, Jerry Bostick, Charles Dietrich, Jerry Griffin, Charles Lewis, Glenn Lunny, William Moon, Frank Rennesler, and Milt Windler. We also have, (laughs) no, and it gets more exciting because we have the book author from Rocket Men. His name is Robert Curson. He's going to be joining us and acting as moderator for us that evening. And we'll have a current mission control engineer, Michael Stah, present to kind of give present day um, feedback as it relates to what these gentlemen did. for the future and for our present day astronauts in mission control.
0: That sounds awesome. I'm so glad I'm able to come out for this one. That's it sounds like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And when do tickets go on sale for this?
3: Tickets will be available first, John, to our Cosmosphere members on the 15th. They'll, you, if you are a Cosmosphere member, are going to want to watch your inbox. That's how we're going to communicate the opening of this to you. So you'll be directed through a link to our ticket sales site. Okay. Um, And then we'll open up our general ticket sales for the public on the 29th. Okay. Okay. I want to make a couple other mentions here. We will have a limited number of VIP tickets available, and those tickets will allow you an opportunity to actually physically visit with these NASA guests before the presentation that evening. It also have other benefits like closer seating to the stage, valet parking, extra drink tokens, et cetera. Okay. so there are some benefits for getting your tickets early. For sure. And the other, the other thing I want to mention on this is that the tickets are non-refundable. Okay. And we are providing photography that evening. So we're asking no
0: selfies. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd rather have a professional photographer do the pictures anyways.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that way you're guaranteed
0: in one with your eyes open. No doubt for sure. Well, Carla, that sounds like a great opportunity and I'll be sure to share links to all of this in the show notes for everybody to check out. Thanks for coming back on.
3: Wonderful. Thanks for having me, John.
1: MPS on A2. Satellite launch. Latch A from lock to unlock. Check. Latch B from lock to unlock. Check. Activate. Check. Pilot F2. Confirm AC volts are between 97 and 174. Display two. From 97 to one, we're at 117 across the board. We're going.
3: Commander C1, item eight.
1: Item eight.
3: Do not hit enter yet.
1: Commander and PLC C1. Where are we at? we at the hour mark. We're rapidly approaching. Okay.
0: We appear to be caught in the uh, time, time warp.
1: Capcom Can we do the time warp dance? <laughs> All right, we're almost there. We've got a okay, few seconds. This is, this is where we need to do it. Both at the same time. Maybe we're yes.
0: passing over the South Atlantic Anomaly. We're
1: gonna let the MPS hit the satellite. Three, Not two, one. one, mark.
2: Check. Woo, there it
0: goes. <laughs> uh, PLC, standby for satellite to clear PLB.
1: How's it looking out the aft window? Awesome. Uh, Capcom, this is PLC. Go ahead,
3: PLC.
1: Uh, satellite has been deployed.
3: Uh, Roger that. We confirm satellite deployment. Uh, looks like we successfully deployed over the uh, Atlantic o- or the Arctic Ocean, just below uh, Australia. Oh, uh, good day. There. Okay, Delta. Due to our uh, power failure earlier, we are going to need you to skip quickly ahead to um, spec. Uh, st- uh, stand standby for your flight director. All right, Delta, we're having some issues here on the ground because of our earlier electrical failure. Commander, go
2: ahead and enter in spec.
0: That was some audio from the adult astronaut adventure that I attended earlier this summer. I think I can speak for all of the attendees when I say that we thoroughly enjoyed the camp and are looking forward to more in the future. If you're listening and you've got kids, or if you want to attend a camp for yourself, please check out the link to the Cosmosphere camps in the show notes of today's episode. Now, let's finish up today by checking in with the curator at the Cosmosphere. I'd also like to note that as part of the adult astronaut adventure, you get to tour the basement archives at the Cosmosphere. You'll see artifacts that aren't on display for various reasons, and it's a really fun part of the camp. Just one more reason you need to get to Hutchinson next summer for the 2019 camp. Today I'm talking with Shannon Wetzel, the curator at the Cosmosphere. Shannon, it's been a long time coming to have you on the podcast, so welcome.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: So we're we're coming up in a couple months on the anniversary of Apollo Eight, and the Cosmosphere has some unique artifacts related to that mission. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes, we have quite a few from Apollo Eight. I did a quick search before this podcast Perfect. just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Believe it or not, we have a large collection of space food that was flown on Apollo Eight. I guess they sent a lot of extra just in case, right?
0: That would be yeah. Uh, that would make sense. <laughs>
2: We have the um, Translunar Injection Procedure Manual, which is extremely cool. Yes. It has handwritten notes inside of it. Uh, one of the surprising things to me, again, I have no space background, so um, you know I learn something new every day, <laughs> and every day I'm floored by what those astronauts had to do, yeah. even in terms of talking about cameras. I mean it wasn't a digital camera it wasn't like a point and shoot I mean these men had to learn how to be photographers professional yeah. photographers more or less on the moon wearing a space suit and, and those geologists and geologists <laughs> and everything else right they were uh tr- truly heroic obviously but then everything I learned more heroic um but the TLI procedures one of the things that strikes me about it is how thin it is Mm -hmm. you know to get out of earth orbit i'm going to need a giant 500 page manual (laughs) they were fine with a small booklet and of course had trained so much i'm sure that they were well prepared but it floors me to see how little instruction is really Um, in there
0: well um back when i was here for the adult astronaut adventure over the summer that was one of the artifacts that you showed us downstairs. Was it really?
2: Okay, was, good. And I got some yeah. cool
0: pictures of that. So I will be posting those along oh, with this cool. episode. So oh, my gosh. I, got See, chills I didn't when even I saw know that. you were going to do that. <laughs> Me neither at How the time. Exciting. So, yeah, this works out. Yeah. So the big thing with Apollo 8, obviously, besides the the first the first mission around the moon and getting an orbit around the moon, is the, the iconic... The truly iconic photograph um, now known as the Earthrise photograph. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how that's related to one of the artifacts here at the museum?
2: Yes, we do have the camera that was used on Apollo 8. Um, It is actually I'm prepared for the why isn't it on display question, right? <laughs> were you going to go there? or I, I, You were going to be very polite, I'm sure, but why isn't it on display? Um, as the Smithsonian works to redo their galleries, that camera will go on display in the, oh, I can't think of Destination Moon. I can't okay. think of what their title, the title okay. for their exhibit is. But that camera is not on display here because soon it will go on display at the Smithsonian.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one of the cool things about the Cosmosphere, too, is because the affiliation with the Smithsonian, there's a lot of, it's kind of like a good interplay, I guess, between the two museums. Is that right?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. And being a collection staff of one, I benefit so much from their research, even their website, but having access to their curators and uh, particularly their camera curators have been extremely helpful just in me learning about the camera collection.
0: Well, and that's one of the topics I want to stay on is the, the camera collection here at the Cosmosphere is extremely extensive. And I've heard Jim talk about this and you're you sound like, you know, it's it's true here. The Cosmosphere has the largest collection of space camera hardware.
2: Yeah. And as I mentioned before we started <laughs> that I don't have numbers. I cannot confirm okay. that with numbers. But yes,
0: I believe it is true. Okay. And then, one of, one of the very unique pieces of this collection is a camera from Apollo 14. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes, uh, the significance is not just that it's a camera from Apollo 14, but it is the only camera to be returned from the lunar surface. When you're on the lunar surface taking photos, um, in order to cut weight, you know, you want to bring back lots and lots of samples they basically discarded anything that they didn't need so they would bring back the film magazines not the actual camera this is an actual camera that was brought back from the lunar surface and i did some research before this trying to find out what happened what was the significance yeah. and i couldn't find anything so i wonder if someone just forgot <laughs>
0: that's kind of a cool historical quirk yeah it potentially is. it ended up here just because somebody yeah. forgot about it brought it in well, and one of the, one of the things on display downstairs too is like the film magazines that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, those, you know, it's not like a digital camera nowadays where the images are just stored on memory. These were actual, pretty bulky, well, like two, three inch cubes, yes. basically, mm-hmm. um, and they held the film that was exposed on the lunar surface or in orbit of the moon. Right. What's unique about the ones that are on display here at the Cosmosphere?
2: We have on display downstairs a film magazine from every manned Apollo mission, signed by one of the astronauts on that mission. And it's actually in a very cool little display. So, it is. It's yeah.
0: one of my favorite displays here, and that's just one of the things too. Because it's it's they're signed by the astronauts, and then there's also on the sides that it, it says a little bit about like what's on the magazine. I think yes, too.
2: specifically. I mean, you know the the record keeping is yeah. extensive, so yes, they can tell what images were taken from that magazine.
0: It's pretty incredible. It
2: is pretty incredible.
0: So one of the things besides managing the massive collection of artifacts here... The camera
2: collection in particular.
0: Exactly. Is that, that there are new artifacts that come in. Can you talk a little bit about the process of what goes into making sure those are cataloged correctly? I mean, for me, I don't know anything about archiving oh right so if you yeah. could just give us like a, a crash course if you will.
2: Well I mean when I give tours I I think the best way to explain it is I'm basically a librarian except for stuff instead of books okay so every piece gets a unique number and gets entered into our system, photographed, um, and is you know its storage location is tracked just like a library, and you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time it's right where it says it's supposed to be. And Usually, when it's not, it's a typo.
0: <laughs> the human error is still in there. And you know downstairs, I've been down there the one time. What I, I had a couple favorites that I could name, but what is mm-hmm. your favorite artifact down there well, that's not on display?
2: As I always say, officially. I love all of our artifacts equally so that is my official statement um we have so many cool things in storage that i wish i could pinpoint a favorite but one thing that comes to mind is that we have this really cool chess set it's a russian chess set and so the pawns are little sputniks and the I'm trying to think of what the other things are. I'm oh going to get gosh. them wrong, but so say the queen is a Soyuz, Yeah, you, all these symbols from the Russian space program.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: Are you going to ask me why that's not I on display? I was going to, yeah, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm a little bit dumbfounded now. Oh my well, gosh. Well, of
2: course there are so many things that if I told you, you'd, why well, isn't that <laughs> on display? But. Um, uh, we, you know, we can't have everything on display. Yeah. The chess set, unfortunately, needs some conservation work, much like okay. the TLI procedure booklet. Okay. Uh, just as a side note on that, sure. um, a well-meaning uh, past employee taped it to its plexi stand. Oh, so man. it needs some conservation yeah, work. For sure. Uh, the chess set, um, I'm trying to think, you know, the in between the squares, there's like a little metal... Like a I don't grid. yeah like a, yeah. yeah to make the grid yeah and a lot of those have popped up okay so it's not in the best condition to okay. go on display and of course one of the things we think about when we work on exhibits is condition uh, condition in terms of harming the artifact of course as well as aesthetic sure. display purposes sure
0: well, that makes sense I mean one of my favorite things that's just aesthetically one of the coolest artifacts here is the little lunar impactor the Soviet impactor.
2: That is my favorite so cool. piece on exhibit. I love that. <laughs> it's so cool. And I think it gets skipped too much. I always put it it's in my It's a tumors. little
0: bit tucked in the it side is. there, unfortunately. So if you, if you come to the Cosmosphere, it's kind of in this little dark corner that you have to hang a left as you're going through. That's right. In and the, the Kennedy Theater, you'll exactly. see it. And yeah. if you don't
2: see it, ask one of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and you know, Shannon, one of the other things that I saw when we were on the tour for the astronaut adventure, this summer was the baseball. Yes. That to me, when you were going over the story of that, it's
2: yes.
0: just incredible. And, for those of you who don't know, I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago. Oh, did you really? Um, but I don't remember the, the specifics. I think I just mentioned that there was a baseball signed by the Apollo 1 crew. Right. And when you were telling us that story, do you mind sharing a little oh, bit of yeah, that? Oh, yeah, I will try. Okay. I'm not a
2: baseball fan, so I may get a couple <laughs> things. I always have to look up the the specifics before I tell a group. But it is a 1966 World Series baseball. It was a foul ball you know so someone in the stands caught it and he really wanted to get the team to sign it oh and, and i'm sorry sandy koufax was pitching okay that's a big deal to people yeah, I, i'm yeah. afraid again i know nothing about that so <laughs> but that is a big deal to a lot of people generally when i say that during the tour i get a couple <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so sandy koufax was pitching um he wanted to get it signed by the team and unfortunately must have missed them as i always say they went out a different door or something yeah, you know probably and uh so he took it to a local eatery diner or something along those lines and was telling one of the employees there this story and the employee said well there's three astronauts over at that table why don't you have them sign it so he did the three apollo one astronauts and so this was 1966, the fall of 1966. Yeah. And so probably three, four months later, they all three perished in that fire. Yeah. So it's kind of a chilling story, yeah. really.
0: I'm, I'm getting goosebumps as you're telling That's right. that again, because it's just it's such an odd little historical. It is. I mean, what are the odds of all of that happening? I think it's just a really interesting confluence of events got that baseball Mm -hmm. to that spot and i will post some pictures i got a couple pictures of that that i will be posting along with this episode so that way people can see what we're talking about well shannon that's that's all the time we've got for today i really appreciate you coming on the podcast and we look forward to having you on again soon
2: yes thank you for having me
0: i want to thank jack carla and shannon for taking the time to chat with us this month A big thank you to all of you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. They're crucial to the success of podcasts, so we'd appreciate it if you could take just a minute to leave a rating or review. For the Cosmosphere, I'm John Molnix.